0: We'll talk over anything except this.
1: He's the man
0: with all the toys. The man up with the up, the up. The man Sacred ground, my friends. The In the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro, we're going to talk about a crown roast a beef roast, a crowning glory for the Christmas meal. And this is an interesting point. Do you eat anything that you ate for Thanksgiving for Christmas? Now, used to be, and I'm not alone. We used to have turkey for everything back in the day. Celebration meal, turkey with all the trimmings. Thanksgiving, Christmas, long lost relatives except when we were cooking out we would have a turkey as a celebratory meal and i'm not alone a food writer in the winston-salem journal says i'm surprised they still call that town winston salem (laughs) right it used to be everyone i knew had turkey for thanksgiving and christmas In fact, many people, including my family, repeated the entire Thanksgiving meal on Christmas. These days, more often than not, Christmas is its own meal with nary a dish repeated from Thanksgiving. So what is the Christmas feast? Actually, these days we do a Christmas brunch since, uh, gosh, since the kids were born We gather together, and of course this was back in the old world in 2019, when you could gather with more than one household. Uh, We are in the pod, though. We are together in our pod. So we will press on with our plans, and I hope you'll be able to make the best of yours as well. We have a brunch, and uh, that is our centerpiece Christmas midday Meal. I mean, we have breakfast while we're opening presents or in and around it and it's cinnamon buns and whatever. And then the main meal is brunch. But most people don't do that. Most people have a Christmas dinner still to this day. And the signature dish of Christmas dinner is a beef roast, a whole beef tenderloin, or perhaps a rib roast. A rib roast is... A collection of ribeye steaks in one piece. It's the exact same cut of meat before it has been cut into steaks. Now, what about a prime rib roast? Ooh, if just those words don't tempt you, what you're about to hear will. And uh, we went to the, the grail, you bet, to the culinary center of the beef board the cattlemen's association yeah it's what's for christmas dinner and i have on the line with me from the national cattlemen's beef association culinary center in colorado amy goodson registered dietitian certified specialist in sports dietetics and you get on the right side of that prime rib roast hey amy
2: Yes, I wish you could smell it in this culinary center. Your mouth would be watering, let me tell you. (laughs) Oh my gosh,
0: oh my gosh. Tell us some of the secrets. Everybody's got a secret for pot roast. Tell us what the secret is for this prime rib roast. What are some of the secret ingredients that are kind of simmering in that pan?
2: I would tell you the secret ingredient is a good rub and Mm. really just letting it roast to let all of those juices marinate. You know, the beef really kind of speaks for itself. So just letting it cook in the oven, delicious and this prime rib roast that i'm looking at right now you can just see the seasoning on the top so absolutely delicious
0: Give us a sense of what the seasoning is. Is it spicy? Is it, uh, what w- how would you describe it?
2: So it is a salt and pepper mix with a little bit of herbs. So nothing super fancy. Like I said, I think the beef really speaks for itself. So a little bit of seasoning on the outside and roasting it to your perfection and you're going to be good to go.
0: Nice, And I mean, this is the essence of a great holiday feast. I mean, a yes. prime rib roast, Perfect glass of wine, couple of uh, go-togethers, you know, some some root vegetables or maybe some imaginative sides and things. I mean, this is a holiday meal and it can be enjoyed more than just on the holiday, right?
2: You are right. So, you know, a lot of families are going to be having smaller gatherings this year. So a spectacular home-cooked beef meal is really something they can all enjoy. It's something delicious. It makes you think of the holiday season. But what's great is that If you have some leftovers, you can continue the celebration all week and enjoy that prime rib on multiple occasions, not just on the big holiday meal.
0: For sure. What are the best cuts we should be looking for, Amy? And now's the time to start talking to your butcher. And if you have a relationship with a quality meat department, or if you have a butcher shop that you go to, what are the best cuts we should be looking for, Amy?
2: So almost any beef roast can really make a holiday meal special Today I have a bone-in prime rib roast, absolutely beautiful. And with prime rib, you can get it bone-in or boneless. Both taste amazing, but the bone-in is a little more traditional. It really gives you that delicious flavor, and it makes for a photo-worthy presentation if you are looking to present it on your table. But you know, if you're a family going, what should I be making this holiday season? I would encourage you to visit BeefIt'sWhat'sForDinner.com because they have all kinds of roast recipes as well as a lot of different tips on how you can make your holiday meal absolutely flawless.
0: Oh, so, so good. So, you, um, I love how the rub that you're using is so simple, salt, pepper, herbs. Uh, you could go perhaps in a Montreal direction and Mm -hmm. uh, maybe use that or what are some uh, some do you have suggestions on what else we might use for a rub if we're going that route or I mean uh, simple is best you don't want to adorn it with a lot of sauces or glazes you can certainly go that route but keep it simple right
2: yeah I'm about keeping it simple we were actually having a conversation in the culinary center this morning and I was asking the lovely people that were cooking this and he said you know Salt and pepper is really just one of the best because it's going to season it and then allow the beef to speak for itself. So I think that that is the best way to go. And then, of course, I am all about pairing beef with a good, bold red wine. And I think that that can even help bring out the flavors even more.
0: For sure. What are some wine suggestions that you might make? And, uh, of course, with an eye on the budget, we want it to be special. But how about some wine selections that aren't going to bust the bank?
2: Yes, so today I have the Lewis and Martini Sonoma County Cabernet. Uh, so this is a robust cabernet. Oh, is it? I know, I love it. It's got this great fruit nose, and it is a robust cabernet that is going to pair beautifully with your beef. So for that main dish, But when you're using those leftovers, you can also allow the wine to help elevate that meal and make it extra special. And what I love is that Beef is What's for Dinner and Lewis and Martini have partnered to offer a $15 rebate. So all you need to do is buy two bottles of the Lewis and Martini wine and a prime rib roast at your local grocery store, and you're going to receive that rebate. So a great cost-conscious way to have a delicious meal while also saving
0: Oh man, and all American too. I mean, the the Louis Martini uh, yeah. all the way. Uh, we've had Michael Martini on this program many times. I, ah, I in fact, yeah. uh, in my in my camera roll, in my screensaver, there's a picture of Michael Martini uh, pouring one of his uh, one of his great bottles at the Boston Wine Expo many many years ago. So uh, we go back a long ways, and that is an excellent choice, Amy Goodson. Really, really great. How about some other creative ways to stretch that budget and use those leftovers? Yeah.
2: So you know with the- small gatherings it's likely you're gonna have some leftover prime rib so using them the next day in some simple recipes that of course take the hassle out of the kitchen because no one wants to be in the kitchen cooking the next day so breakfast to dinner you can really use prime rib so i have actually in the culinary center with me today a delicious beef and spinach breakfast sandwich Mm. so you can take your leftover you were mentioning root vegetables which i love take some of those leftover roasted vegetables and some spinach scramble it into some eggs, put that on top of a whole wheat, thin slice of bread, a slice of cheese, and then those thin slices of prime rib right on top. Perfect way to start the day. And if you're looking for a lunch or dinner option, A four-season beef and Brussels sprout chopped salad is an excellent way to go because you get all of those fall and winter flavors with the apples and cranberries, Brussels sprouts. It's got a little gorgonzola cheese and then the sliced rib right on top. So it's a perfect way to enjoy your leftover prime rib as well as having it done simply so you're not having to be in the kitchen extra hours because no one wants to do that the day after Christmas.
0: Definitely, definitely. Hey, let's back this video up a little bit. If we're going to roll this out, say we're going to roll this prime rib out on Christmas Eve. Now, do you recommend serving it presentation full on, or do we slice it and maybe do a little kind of a buffet? Because we're going to be among the fam, so it'll be okay right. to to do a buffet. What do you suggest for some maybe a, a, a holiday? cut down celebration type uh, tips for a different way to enjoy that prime rib roast amy
2: i will tell you that this bone-in prime rib roast is absolutely beautiful just on a cutting board with some herbs it looks so pretty so as long as you have a good person that can slice that meat my dad is always the one that slices the roast (laughs) at the holiday season my mother wouldn't dare touch it so as long as you have someone doing that but a lot of times people will do some of the slices and still have the larger piece of the roast on their table as well. So I think it's kind of what you're going for. Some people are a little more fancy in nature and like to have the whole display and get the family picture. And then some people are like, let's eat. And they want it sliced up. So I think it mm -hmm, comes down to family preference.
0: I know. I can't make up my mind. Do I want it, like you say, full on, beautiful picture, center of the table, or do I want it Christmas Eve sliced thin on some good roll? With some horseradish yeah. sauce. Ooh, I, don't make me choose, Amy.
2: Uh, you know what? I have great. I have a great idea. Get two, <laughs> and then you can have one to have ready, beautiful on Christmas Day, and then you can do one the night before, like my family gets together and we let kids, my niece and nephew, open presents. So that way you could do it a little more appetizer style, like you said on the sandwich rolls, and then whatever you have left over, bingo, day after Christmas you can do it in the salad and the breakfast sandwiches however you want to eat it really stretching it out and to me the beauty is you get to enjoy that beef all of the days
0: terrific so great to talk to you amy goodson registered dietitian certified specialist in sports dietetics you have fed the dallas cowboys how about that
2: i have a lot of beef we have eaten a <laughs> lot of beef I, <laughs> I always said don't ever like don't ever put out a spread without beef and a dessert, because they will come looking for
0: you. (laughs) (laughs) Where do we go for more information?
2: You can visit com to find all types of roast recipes, the recipes that we're talking about today, as well as some amazing holiday entertaining tips and ideas to make the whole holiday season extra special.
0: Fantastic! So great to talk to you. It's been so delightful. We really appreciate it. Have a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas to you and your family, and your dad, and and the it's, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Merry Christmas to you as well.
0: Thank you so much. Good to talk to you. Take thank good you. care. I love and I love the uh, I love the surprise. What a lovely surprise! Louis Martini, one of the great American winemakers. And his son, Michael, really took it over. And the amazing Cabernet Sauvignon, which is the, the foundation of just great California wine. And to rediscover that, boy, that was a treat on top of a treat. Very, very nice indeed. Well, that is a taste of what's for dinner, right? Yum, Food dude Bruce Newberry here in the Dave's Marketplace broadcast bistro. This is the weekend that you really want to have your order in to Gas Bars to guarantee holiday delivery, especially with the deliveries going the way that they're going. Do call as soon as you can. You may even want to just call and uh, get your name in there, leave a message, and they'll get back to you first of the week. The Gas Bars Factory Direct at 508-998-2012, 508-998-2012, to order a gift assortment of gas bars to be sent to someone who perhaps grew up in southern New England and would love a gift of gas bars, linguiça, churis, many other items, the Portuguese sausage that the whole world remembers and that uh, the whole world Can enjoy now we're off to the spanked puppy with ted tomlinson
3: we're doing here at the puppy uh we're doing fresh made from scratch cheesecake and tiramisu now here's some interesting topics uh tiramisu with your breadth of experience i always thought the lady fingers were soaked in espresso and kahlua But the woman that made it for us, she's Italian. She soaks them in amaretto.
0: I learned if someone says this is the real stuff, yes. We've never had, (laughs) mankind has never known anything as authentic as yours. We might have had authentic, (laughs) but yours is the authentic authentic. Never, ever, ever start an argument. I actually just came from an interview, a walking tasting interview. The Sacred Cow has a specialty little pop up store that they're doing, and with a lot of artisan type things. And among them are real Italian biscotti. Hi, Maureen. Hi, Bruce. How are you? Hi, I am good. Good to be back here in the scoop shop. <laughs> Thank you. This is so much fun. And uh, boy, everywhere we go, we've got food with a story. Right. And some great names, too. Food with yes. personality, like
1: Greg's biscotti. Now, everybody knows Greg's. Everybody knows Greg's. And I didn't know that their biscotti was available outside of their restaurant. Yeah. We love it, it's a soft biscotti. We have a couple of flavors. We've got a seasonal cranberry orange and then their traditional almond and it's a big soft biscotti. So it makes a great snack in the mm. afternoon, right? Yeah. It is so good. Now, we have the cranberry orange mm-hmm. and, and, the almonds. and the almond and the almond soft baked almond biscotti.
0: And if you want to get somebody into an argument, to say, oh, this is the authentic <laughs> one. or This is right. the real one.
1: <laughs> right. Because we have another biscotti. Yes. Bellici's best, yes. which is twice baked and authentic as well. Uh, she has one gluten free version and three other flavors <laughs> and those are selling quite nicely. And this is a this is a family members this, recipe, if I remember right. right. It. It's uh, Kathleen Belici's mother-in-law's recipe. Yeah, and she makes it. It's, it's too fun. long to fit on the label. <laughs> right, well, that's why we called it. You sure? Yeah, yes. Belici's best. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So we've got your, we've got you covered with the Scottie, and and if you need something to dunk in, we've mm. got something that you can That's dunk in. That's delicious with a cup of tea oh, wow. or espresso, or
0: or coffee, which yes. we also
1: have from yeah. the great Mills Coffee, who's been around Rhode Island since 1860, longer than Monroe Dairy. I was just going to say, is that older than the dairy? <laughs> a little bit. We're oh. 1881. Okay. Yeah, we'll be 140 years in January. Oh my but, god. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and Mills Coffee has been around uh, for such a long time mm. and is doing the authentic thing. I mean, it's really interesting. Are they the oldest coffee roaster in America? Probably not. But, you know, a lot of these old roasters mm. have sort of gone in different directions and the, the newer roasters, the so-called artisan roasters, mm. come up and and uh, are real nimble and so they can get the relationships going with the growers and the farmers down in the coffee producing countries. But that's what Mills does.
1: That's right. They're direct to the farm. They go to the farms every year in South America. They have relationships with these farmers. And, you know, that's important.
0: It is. It's quite a story. And uh, uh, having been in the coffee business in my Mm -hmm. time, uh, the stories that come out of these countries are poignant, and yeah. literally, a company like Mills Coffee could be keeping right. an entire town right. in, in existence. In business, yeah, I mean we don't know, and it's really quite a story. So yeah. uh, uh, another reason to, to another new reason to support them. Yes. Come here to the to the uh, Sacred Cow Scoop Shop, the Monroe yes. Dairy
1: Sacred Cow Scoop Shop, and you can pick up all of these wonderful things, and you're helping out so many people. That's true this kettle corn. Say it again. We have Nettie's Kettle Corn. Tell me about Nettie. Nettie is out of Hope in Maine, right? Um, uh, you know I'm not sure. Not sure. Well <laughs> Nettie's, but Nettie's is uh so it's Nettie's local. is local. It's out of North Providence, right. I know that. Okay. And there were several people that did start making um Special kinds of popcorn out of Hope in Maine. Yes. They may have been one of them. Mm-hmm. And that's a big seller around here. People just love kettle corn. Yeah. And I think it makes you think of the, the fair. Yeah, exactly. And we're not going to fairs this year. Put so, to the fair. So, the Take next the thing home. is to come here.
0: There yeah. you go. <laughs> Excellent. Now, we uh, we're talking about biscotti a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. We have hermits. Now, you right. can find biscotti in a lot of places <laughs> in Rhode Island, but very, very few places can you find <laughs> hermits. True. Those wonderful kind of spicy kind of gingery.
1: Aastasi.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, not everybody has a recipe. And this is a great name. This is Wright's Farm. This is the Wright's right. Dairy Farm up right. in North Smithfield. Uh-huh.
1: And they uh, they make these wonderful bakery products. So we carry their hermits a nice handmade product. And uh, it's kind of nostalgic, too. It is, yes. Everybody had a mother or grandmother that made hermit once upon a time. And they have their favorite recipe, (laughs) yeah. Wonderful. And next we have some Kane's Kitchen Salsa in about six different varieties.
0: Local handmade salsa. Absolutely. Wow, yeah. made from what? I see grilled pineapple.
1: Yes, I see yes. apple salsa. Mm-hmm. There's one mm-hmm. the with corn and black beans. Oh, I like uh, a black bean salsa. I love that too. Mm. Yeah. But you can use these as more than just salsa, Bruce. Like, you know, just salsa and chips. But... Think of the marinade you could do with that grilled pineapple salsa. Oh, yes. On a little grilled salmon. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could just see it now, a fish taco. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Crawford's a great guy. He's, he's been in here several times, and we've been at Hope and Maine together. And he's really doing a wonderful job growing this small company. It's
0: always so inspiring to hear about these folks who started out at Open and Maine and then have
1: gone out on their own. Right. And,
0: uh, you have so many of these wonderful artisans here at oh, the Santa food Santa shop,
1: and one is just like Nana's. Just like Nana's. That's Karen Griffin's little pastry shop. And she started out making arugula, just like Nana's. Yeah. And and grew that to making all kinds of beautiful little pastries, a lot with the arugula dough. And right here we have the little gourmet mini pies, little bite size, four to a package. Wonderful to bring to a family dinner or yes. just have, as a nice snack at home when you feel like a treat, but you don't want a whole pie. Right, right. Yeah. Just like Nana's, how right? nice. It is delicious too.
0: Gluten-free is so important to so mm-hmm. many people, Maureen.
1: It is. We have so many customers that come in that are, you know, their health would be compromised if they ate something with gluten in it. So being sensitive to that we set up a whole display with just gluten-free items including of course a gluten-free ice cream cone Of course. <laughs> but uh in addition we've got beth bakes one of my good buddies from hope and maine yeah she's terrific and she makes a fabulous cracker and i love it with our uh, narragansett creamery spreads mm. and, um anything you'd like to have on a cracker but they're just delicious and they're totally gluten-free And we should mention the netties, Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, the the kettle corn is also gluten-free, it usually is. Excellent, yeah.
0: Great to see my friend Walt (laughs) Palms Mojo Sauce
1: here. Absolutely, he's one of my favorite people, one of my favorite food makers. He's such a pleasure to hang around with. And he has three different kinds of sauces here, including his new barbecue sauce. Knock it off. (laughs) The, The she's the boss sauce. Yeah. And we've got all the things that go along with his sauces. We've got chicken breasts in the freezer. We've got meatballs. We've got fish. So these sauces are so good as marinades, as rubs, as a dipping sauce. You can't beat them. They're so delicious
0: so amazing and uh, we have other types of uh, things that you can get creative with Mm. in your kitchen i just met dave (laughs) from the ocean state pepper company right
1: dave connor who created ocean state pepper company and i first started i think with his bold and spicy chili mix which Mm. i absolutely love and then uh i tried the mac daddy cheese sauce it's like adult mac and cheese oh boy you just get really hooked on it Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful stuff.
0: It has jalapeno. (laughs) Oh, you had me at jalapeno. Excellent, excellent. And he uh, just brought in his works.
1: The works, yeah. His everything spice, which is like the everything bagel, mm. you know. But of course, he added a little, a little orange here. He peel did. And a little He's zest. got some
0: orange zest in there yeah. and some, uh, some uh, hot pepper. Yeah,
1: of course. <laughs> it be
0: a pepper to be named later. I don't think we know exactly what the pepper is. It is a red pepper. Okay. okay. And that'll work so uh it's the nice uh you know the nice italian uh, red pepper yes i love those oh so so good everything. yeah and uh the works and there's uh, pizza
1: spice mm-hmm. and, uh, and a beef rub for cowabunga huh. we yeah, were talking okay.
0: we were talking with some folks from the beef board the cattlemen's oh. association okay. at their cooking center their culinary center in colorado oh yeah and they were doing a holiday uh, rib roast oh. and they just did a nice rub mm-hmm. and I said what do you recommend and they said you know keep it simple yeah. a great simple rub and that, this would that work. would be
1: perfect this would work yes. it has
0: sea salt mm-hmm. and uh, pepper and horseradish mm-hmm. and Worcestershire and onion and garlic oh my all the things you would great. put
1: on a piece of beef before you oh cook yeah it. I mean they really will tenderize it and flavor mm-hmm. it at the same time so, yeah. so good. Um, this is a good one. Yeah. What do we have here? Barrett's, Barrett's Garden. Barrett's Garden. Liz Barrett created uh, Barrett's Garden, which is a vegan based cheese creator. Oh, how nice. Yeah. So, for those of uh, us that are plant based, she has Parmesan cheese, and it's made from ground up cashews and bruges, but it tastes just like you're sprinkling parmesan cheese on your pasta no kidding and if you are plant-based it's a wonderful thing to have this has a year shelf life so i always have some at home mm-hmm. and it's delicious on uh, homemade pizza we have all the fixings for that and everyone should have that in their house it's really <laughs> a wonderful thing <laughs> definitely
0: now all of this is in the sacred cow scoop shop and uh, the centerpiece of the sacred cow scoop shop of course is sacred cow and Monroe dairy and so we have ice cream, cream. we have the soft serve or creamy if you are a purist (laughs) and uh, this is the place to get an authentic maple creamy in Rhode Island with Vermont maple syrup. Yeah.
1: And yes. you've got to try our new recipe. We just enhanced it. Oh, this how nice. Yes. All right. So I have to serve you a maple creamy. All right. right.
0: And you can pick up your eggnog yes. and your sacred cow granola in the holiday finery yes. wraps around those mason jars, which will make a lovely food gift. We've
1: got your gifts all ready for you.
0: Definitely, <laughs> definitely. And it's a great place to be open every day. So yep. stop by and do some shopping. Sounds good. Well, Thanks, That's Maureen. You. Thank you, Bruce so who are we to argue so it's kind of the same thing with the tiramisu secret ingredient i mean if there is i mean there's a recipe for everything but i mean in the tradition the lady fingers are soaked in espresso and uh i mean that yeah that's that's it you can you can change it up with anything else you'd like uh sure uh kalua uh the, the the bitters i mean uh the uh, amaro whatever you like uh but there was always a set whatever I always remembered there was
3: a, a liquor or a liqueur that was in proper. T- I know this for a fact because I went to the Essex. This is years ago because of, well, I needed to have a breathalyzer in my car at the time. Hmm. <laughs> and I, I, I was DJing a wedding there and I, I got finished, um, this is probably yeah, eight years ago, something like that, and they had that baked goods because Necki was there at the time. Right, I
0: right, I remember when uh, when Necki had the Essex,
3: and so I grabbed a tiramisu, and I I loaded all my equipment up, and I s- sat in the car and I ate a, a giant piece of tiramisu. And I couldn't start my car.
0: Yes, (laughs) and I know. So I know there's. Oh, there's there's definitely spirits in there, definitely. But it's it can be. Again, no two people will agree on the authentic recipe. It doesn't have to have liquor in it. It could just have rum. Uh, Now, oh yes, so I did. You're right. I did
3: hear rum was another base. Rum,
0: Grand Marnier. Oh, that would be. I mean, if you pick. Google tiramisu, you come up with 17 different recipes. A coffee-flavored Italian dessert made of ladyfingers dipped in coffee, layered with a whipped mixture of this that and the other thing. Right next to it is a is a uh, recipe out of the New York Times cooking, unsweetened cocoa powder, heavy cream, ladyfingers, rum. Right next to that, tiramisu, grand mignard, cocoa powder, heavy whipping cream, and dark rum.
3: We can get thirty minutes out of this.
0: So <laughs> oh, I'm I'm rolling, so we're good. Now here's another oh, one. Oh perfect. Food oh, network. Oh. Food network. Brandy. Uh so my question
3: is there where where does the line where does the line go? Again, our the the baker that's working for us, she's Italian, she swears by Amaretto but well, is Amaretto is Quid- at
0: least amaretto is at least authentic as would be on a set
3: but here's here's my small argument what i'm saying is
0: indigenous i guess would be the better word
3: but everything that comes to america uh, a great illustration i think would be goulash so there's proper hungarian goulash which is like nothing that americans have seen you know the chop suey goulash uh but if you're in america because everybody that came here and brought their cooking recipes and palettes with them it kind of settled into a different version so there's the american version of goulash versus the hungarian version of goulash this is interesting maybe there is that kind of happy medium melting pot sort of american version of tiramisu versus that you know indigenous version
0: i think i may have found one here's one with maple syrup (laughs)
3: You can't be serious.
0: Hand over my heart. It's from someone called the (laughs) Modern Proper. And it's, I mean, it may be a, it could be a teetotaler type. Let's see. Creamy coffee spike dessert, one of our very favorites. That luxurious texture, cakey lady fingers and plenty of cream. Plus the contrasting sweet and bitter coffee flavors are second to none. Um, And the recipe is... Egg yolk, sugar, whole milk, mascarpone, espresso, or super strong coffee. Italian lady fingers, cocoa powder, liquor such as brandy or cognac. Our shortcut tiramisu recipe calls for maple, cinnamon, and vanilla, with heavy cream, mascarpone, strong coffee, wow. lady fingers, and cocoa powder.
3: So, but they went with with uh, you said brandy and, or, or Brand, brandy, brandy and brandy
0: or cognac. Yes,
3: or cognac. So those are French, right? Interesting. Right.
0: There's another recipe with Marsala. Marsala wine. Yes.
3: So it's it's fascinating how this all kind of melds. There's a base there. Everybody agrees it's lady fingers. Everybody agrees there's that delicious cream filling. The Mars and the cocoa powder seems to be a standard. Yes. There has to be a strong, bitter and sweet element. And then that seems like that's the foundation. And then, you know, people add on that or maybe just like we were talking about the other week about cooking with your grandmother. Maybe you look to see you're supposed to have some amaretto and all you have is brandy and you whacked it in
0: there. Yes. Yes. That's the recipe. It may not be any more complicated than that. And then it becomes, it becomes a food moment because we have our taste memory. Oh, the greatest tiramisu I ever had was when so-and-so and such-and-such. And And it was because you were where you were with the person you were with. And so everything is the the greatest. (laughs) So you have to replicate everything. So if there was brandy, it was brandy. If it was, (laughs) I mean, it could have been bourbon.
3: And of course, what's... What's the grandmother to say, because I'm sure we've all been there, you get to the point where you're cooking for your own family, and then you bring up that memory, like you said, a food moment, oh my goodness, this was the best tiramisu I ever had, Sure. how did you make that, and in your mind, you're thinking this is an incredible food moment, but maybe in her mind, she's thinking, I was all the way through this entire meal, and I realized I don't have x and i had to substitute (laughs) this and i can't believe so do i tell the truth
0: (laughs) you make up a story and you say it was (laughs) it was a it was a winter night we had snow (laughs) and there were feet of snow we couldn't get out and so all that we could (laughs) use was this and so from that day to this and food traditions have been made on a lot more flimsier contexts than that which i
3: think is i think the essence of we keep coming back to this being familiar around the kitchen is okay. Well, we know we need this. We know we need this. We definitely need this. Let's see what happens with this. Yes. Which is not knowing kind of some of these fundamentals and not being so restricted to this, 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 and this. And that's where I think, Like you said, a food moment. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, let me let me toss one out to you and we'll we're gonna go down the same path. All right. Eggnog. What is the spirit that goes in eggnog?
3: Oh, spiced rum every time.
0: See that? Now you will spiced rum. People listening to our conversation are gonna say bourbon, they're gonna say rum. They're gonna say whiskey. Again, if we looked up a recipe for eggnog, we would find a a virtual 802 spirits worth of uh, assortments from which to choose to uh, spark it up with. So
3: that, well, then we could talk about what are the basics to a good eggnog. I'm assuming we would say eggs, cream, and sugar, right?
0: Yes. What is, what alcohol is in eggnog? There's the simple question. What alcohol is in, eggnog is typically typically made with rum, brandy, or bourbon, but-
3: No idea about brandy or bourbon.
0: Alton Brown likes to use dark rum and cognac.
3: You mentioned Alton Brown and that just, oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. So I'm watching, I'm I'm watching TV. It's late at night. It's, it's, I believe it was Thanksgiving and they, uh, I'm watching public television and they are going through Julia Child's career. Yeah. And they have Martha Stewart, Alton Brown, a host of modern TV or internet chefs that I didn't recognize, but they do yep. their craft, and they're watching Julia Child make French onion soup. Yeah, from the ground up. On a side note, her uh, her contribution to cooking TV—I didn't know this—was she pioneered the we put it in one oven and take a finished product out. She was the first TV ready chef. Yes. Yes. I have no idea. Yeah. So- no,
0: that's absolutely right. And uh, she she uh, really invented the television food genre. I mean, James Beard had a TV cooking show back in the late forties, but it was very very rudimentary. And there were cooking shows on the local on a local level from the late forties until the early sixties when Julia Child started. She started in nineteen sixty three in Cambridge, and it, it was written in her biography that it might have been her husband even that came up with the with the idea don't quote me on that but yes absolutely
3: yes well and out of necessity isn't everything in the kitchen born out of necessity i think that goes back to substituting you know your whiskey instead of rum sure. when you're making a holiday eggnog because maybe you know your uncle drank too much of the rum when he came over and you're making the <laughs> eggnog and all you left or there wasn't any amaretto's so everything in the kitchen made out of necessity i love how you said that and of course she's She was so classically trained. So what it it was showing was, and this was in the 60s. It was still black and white. Right. And her French onion soup involved a poached egg and then grated fresh onion on a microplane. It wasn't a microplane. It was her, I mean, the 60s kind of box grater. Sure. So she, the, the base of the French onion, caramelized the onions, the broth, that that stayed the same. But then she involved a poached egg and she poached it right there on site. Hmm. Uh which I sorry, I learned a proper poached egg. <laughs> Three minutes with a little bit of a couple tablespoons of vinegar. Um yeah. I also learned from watching that her uh pour with the booze was a little heavier than you may.
0: She did like her tea. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> did. Um so she, she uh,
3: her her version had the poached egg, and she didn't. her Her use of cheeses was very Italian, not French. It was grated. I I believe if memory serves me correctly, Parmesan, and there may have been one other one. Uh, and then the fresh grated onion. And what made me re- remember this was Alton Brown. He's watching it in, in live time, so I have a split screen. She's doing the recipe. He's doing Alton Brown. And he goes. I would never in a million years grate fresh onion onto a French onion soup. And then he kind of stopped and he caught himself and goes, wait a minute. This is Julia Child. This is way (laughs) before, you know, I'm ever a professional chef. So then he tried it and he had said, oh, my goodness, it really brings out this incredible. It's just wild. Wow. When you brought up Alton Brown and, you know, to watch – you know, I think we would agree the master make. Absolutely.
0: I mean, he has forgotten more about cooking than most of us know. So, but there again, not the same th- could be said about you, Bruce. Not at all. Way, not, so at you, all. not at all. Not at all. He, um, but he knows enough to pull himself back and say, wait a minute. I'm, I'm critiquing Julia child. Hold on. Hold up. Stand by.
3: 62
0: wvmt bruce newberry the food dude